Hello, everyone, and welcome to Exploring Awesome. Sorry, we don't have the uh, opening music today. I'm going to jump right in there. Um, welcome to Exploring Awesome. I'm your host, Jim Kellner. This is the show where we explore tips, tricks, and strategies to help you and me live a more awesome life. Today, i got a special episode, as they all are special. Today, I'm joined by uh, Dr. Dan Nightingale. Dr. Dan is a, just a second, let me get him, get him attached here, uh, is a, uh, well, he's a comic, he's an actor, he's also a uh, doctor, and he specializes in dementia uh, therapy, so we're going to be talking to him today. Uh, Dr. Dan, are you on the line? I'm here. Good morning, good afternoon, ah, good is. evening to wherever you are around the world. <laughs> That's right. As you can tell, um, Dr. Nightingale is... Uh, it's got a bit of an accent. Is that uh, is that Texas there? We're hearing. That's 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 not Texas. That's um, Louisiana. Oh, <laughs> uh, Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, so Doc, you want to uh, you want to just kind of uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, um, as you as you just said in your intro, I'm a clinical dementia specialist. I'm a hypnopsychotherapist and I'm an author, speaker, lecturer. I'm also a stand-up comedian and uh, do a bit of acting as well, a bit of um, working sometimes, actually using comedy with people living with dementia, people living in memory care communities, but um, that's that's for another day, but I do that as well. I'm (laughs) from uh, the UK, as you can tell. I'm from the northwest of England in the United Kingdom. I came to Arizona about four years ago, just over four years ago. And what led me to Arizona is my work using hypnotherapy in dementia. And I guess we're going to explore that a little bit afterwards. And, uh, and then mm, just after the first week in September, I moved out to New York, western New York. So I had a big shift from, uh, from the heat to... Well, I don't yeah. think they have any sun in western New York. I don't think it's here. So <laughs> I've been taking some supplements to, uh, to you know, reduce the risk of getting rickets. But, uh, yeah, right. I'm now in, now in western New York. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, and you, uh, you kind of touched on this. You know, I know that, um, that we've talked before about this, uh, this groundbreaking uh, research um, in the use of hypnotherapy and dementia, can you tell us uh, tell us what what they discovered and what uh, what kind of a hope we have for for patients these days? Yeah, sure. Well, I'll tell you about how that came about um, because back in two thousand and two, any thought or mention of using hypnotherapy with people with Alzheimer's disease or any other type of uh, neurocognitive disorder, i.e., dementia, would be like frowned upon and you would be the devil incarnate for even suggesting such a <laughs> such an intervention but we were going through a shift we were going through a change in early 2000 in the UK in the way in which we were responding to people with dementia in the way in which we were providing treatment and therapy and at, at that point in time we were very very reliant on prescribing medication to help manage people's behavioral symptoms 
And you know, there, there is no there is no medication, there's no drug licensed in the world to treat the behavioural symptoms of somebody living with dementia. Just there's no license; it just doesn't exist. But you know, that's what we were doing. We were wow. responding to people's behaviour by giving them antipsychotic drugs. And it, you know, we were beginning to realise that you know what. This isn't right. This isn't working. And there was a few things that happened that brought this to light within the the care sector. And I was appointed as the dementia doctor for a company called Highfield Care, which was a healthcare company, which owned at that time around about 200 nursing homes in England, Scotland, Northern Ireland, and Wales. Now, so I was appointed as their dementia doctor. And my brief was to do something to change things, to change the way we looked after people with, uh, with dementia in a nursing home or in a memory care community, as we call it here in America. And so I started looking around at what can we do? What else is available instead of medication? Um, there's some research that came out that said that the only thing that prescribing these medications was doing was reducing people's lifespan. We were ki effectively we were killing people, you know. Um, wow. So I, I was looking for things, and I, I looked at a few different options and, and stuff, and then I came across this course in hypnopsychotherapy, and I thought, hmm, that sounds interesting. I'll explore that a little mm -hmm. bit. So I looked into it, and I thought, you know what? This might be beneficial. This might be something we can use in, in place of drugs, in place of, in, in place of medication. So mm -hmm. I decided to sign up for the course. I registered for the course. It was a, a four-year program, I think, altogether. Um, and it was in Liverpool. And um, so I, I registered for that, and I started my training as a hypnopsychotherapist whilst working as the dementia doctor for Highfield. And the first question I asked the, the lecturer was, can this help people with dementia? And he had a total blank look on his face because he didn't know. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, what? Uh, I don't know. And, um, and right, so and I thought, is, right, there we go. I, uh, this is, this is something we can... Can I just jump in can... real quick? Um, I wonder, had you had you had any kind of um, uh, experience or um, any thoughts about hypnosis before you you took this course? Absolutely none. I knew absolutely nothing mm. about it. I didn't know a thing about mm. hypnotherapy. Um, I initially trained as a as an RN, and our mm. training, you know, working in mental health was was very limited, and there wasn't any exposure to any kind of hypnotherapy or psychotherapy or anything like that. And so, no, I, you know, the only stuff I knew about hypnotherapy was the stage hypnotist shows and stuff like that that I'd seen on TV. That, that was it. That was my only familiarity with hypnosis. So, um, Thank you. So I, I, I'm on this course, and I met a guy called Dr. Simon Duff, who was also taking the same training. And Dr. Simon Duff is a forensic psychologist. At that time, he was working for the Mersey Forensic Service. 
and teaching the doctoral programme at the University of Liverpool. He's now at Nottingham, but um, he was at Liverpool mm-hmm. then. And, uh, and we kind of started talking about stuff, and I told him what my, my reason for being there was. And as part of the training, we had to do some empirical research. It was part of our course. And I decided, obviously, I was going to do my research with people with dementia. And I shared that with him, and we decided to do the research together. And it was a good partnership because he, he treats um, sex offenders, and his specialism is stalking, and he's very good at it. So if he's wow. listening in, he's been stalking me for about 15 years. Can't get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so we, we kind of make a good partnership because he had no knowledge or input in dementia care. So we agreed that I would do the clinical work and he would do the analytical stuff, analysing the data and interpreting it and turning it into something readable. Mm-hmm. So that's where the research came about. You know, I, I worked with um, patients living with dementia who were living in nursing homes. And also we had a control group and we had a neutral group. So the control group attended a weekly discussion group and the neutral group had treatment as usual. Nothing changed for their treatment. Mm -hmm. The active participants who were receiving hypnotherapy received one hour of hypnotherapy once a week from me for nine months. And um, and that was quite interesting. You know, I started to see some some changes in these people. And I was using hypnotherapy for different things. Some of them had um, Alzheimer's disease. Some had Lewy body type dementia. Some had Parkinson's type dementia. And they all brought their different challenges, behavioral, psychological challenges. And... Um, mm-hmm. It was a blind study. It was a double-blind study because the only person that knew who was seeing the people for hypnotherapy was me. And I didn't know who the other groups were. And the nursing staff completed the same data for every single patient every single day. And then I would collect that every every three months. And I would take it to the university and I would sit down with Dr. Duff and we would, you know, break it all down and look at the, the statistics and stuff. And after about six months, it became clear that we were seeing something very special. We were seeing things happening. We were seeing, seeing improvements in, in aspects of things like memory for significant events. We were seeing things mm-hmm. in people's concentration was improving, motivation levels were improving, socialization skills were improving. So there was a, a, you know, a lot of things that we were beginning to see. And the feedback we were getting from staff, um, when I went to do my usual non-hypnotherapy calls to see how the patients were, and getting feedback from staff about, you know what, these guys are changing, this is what's happened, and... And so it was all very interesting stuff. And uh, we ran the study. We only did it for nine months. You know, we we have to do these studies Mm -hmm. over a short period of time because of the the attrition rates, because of this cohort group. 
And, um, oh. and at the end of it, we had some really interesting data. And that was published in the uh, European Journal of Clinical Hypnosis back in 2005. Mm-hmm. And then we left it. You know, everything stopped. The research came to a conclusion, it ended, and that was that. We all kind of moved on. And 12 months later, Simon Duffy said to me, how about we do a longitudinal study? You know, we go and see what's happening since we withdrew treatment. And we went Mm -hmm. back, and there was only one of the people that had had died. And um, Mm. we looked at what was happening. And the surprising thing was people were still having benefits. We're still, oh, wow. you know, the, the, so even after the dementia process itself had slowed right down, and these guys were still, mm. they, they're still gaining benefit. And um, mm-hmm. so that longitudinal study was published in the same journal in 2006. So that was, uh, you know, that was quite interesting to see. And then right. it was published in Alzheimer's Care Today in 2007, which is an American journal which is what uh-huh. what landed me here in America because of the work that was published mm. in that journal. And, you know, we, um, we started to look at, well, why, why is it working? How is it working? And, of course, it's very difficult yeah. to know. As an experienced clinical mm. hypnotherapist, now I know that hypnotherapy works. I know it has a massive impact, and it can work with many people who have many, many challenges and um, issues and stuff like that. At the time, I didn't know that it was going to have any benefit on people living with dementia, because it shouldn't. Because what we know about Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia is that effectively your brain is dying, and your brain shouldn't be able to respond to certain things. But it was, Mm -hmm. and it did. And... um, we kind of think about two things as to how and why. And, you know, we, we can look at the, um, we could look at a medical model and say, you know what, one of the things that happens with people with Alzheimer's disease is that there is a deficiency in the production of acetylcholine. And we need acetylcholine mm-hmm. for memory. When we go to sleep at night time and hit REM sleep, our brain gets a massive shot of acetylcholine. Well, we know that in people living with dementia, they have difficulty sleeping because there's a part of the brain Mm. called the reticular activating system, which switches on and Mm. off your conscious awareness, that dies. So there's nothing to help people. To know that it's time to sleep or time to get up um, and of course what happens when people are going into the hypnotic state they hit the same brain patterns the same uh, brain waves as somebody who is going into REM sleep so the question right. is are we actually releasing a dose of acetylcholine when we're taking that person into the hypnotic state who hasn't been receiving that acetylcholine because they haven't been getting a deep enough sleep. 
Mm-hmm. The second, wow. the second possibility is when people have dementia, they spend a lot of time worrying about trying to remember stuff, trying to remember faces, mm-hmm. names, places, trying to do things, trying to achieve things, trying to, you know, trying to really remember. And because they struggle to do that, their anxiety levels and their fear factor just shoot up right through the roof. And it exacerbates the dementia symptoms. So is it that we are freeing up those cognitive resources when we take somebody into the hypnotic state? So they're not worrying, they're not stressing, they're not afraid, they're relaxed. They're in their special place, mm-hmm. their secure place, and therefore the brain is able to relax and and work more efficiently and more effectively. So for mm-hmm. me, that kind of explains why when we did the longitudinal study, that we were still seeing some benefits because people had got into that habit over that nine-month period. And, you know, Mm -hmm. each time I did a clinical session with them, I would teach their subconscious mind how to do some self-hypnosis. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we still have lots of questions, but we still see lots of benefits, and we still see, you know, the impact, the positive impact on people, and it's a really, really good thing. So Mm -hmm. back in the UK, where we have a national dementia strategy, and I worked with the government on a policy called Always a Last Resort, which is all about we only use medication as a very last resort. So we mm-hmm. try every other thing that we can try first before we go down the route of a, of a medicine. And so, you uh-huh. know, hypnotherapy and hypnopsychotherapy is something that, that we can use, and it's something that hypnotherapists worldwide have learned from from me, because I train people all over the world how to use mm-hmm. hypnosis with people living with dementia, and um, and it's a very exciting well, thing. Uh, and that's really very it is exciting. You know, I'm I'm curious. I mean, it's uh, it's I mean, it's kind of frustrating that it's. We don't hear more about this. Is it is it uh, used widespread here in the states or across the world? No, I mean, <laughs> when I came to um, when I came to Arizona four years ago, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one of the first things I tried to do was did, do some educating of hypnotherapists who were members of the Arizona Professional Hypnotherapy Association, mm-hmm. and they're just said no we're not interested and they they wouldn't let me go and do a talk Mm -hmm. or anything like they had no interest whatsoever and Mm. so I keep I kept trying to push it and I kept trying to educate people I kept trying to get the message across and started to work with various people and started to use it in uh, memory care with patients living in memory care communities and stuff and people started to to listen then they started to think hmm this might be, a, mm-hmm. you know, this might be interesting, and it's very, very difficult in the U.S. Yeah. because, as you know, Jim, it's run by the pharmaceutical companies. You know, everything is yeah. run by the pharma, 
and this is very, very difficult to get people on board to use something that doesn't use medication. Um, but eventually, it is so interesting. Eventually, I managed to get enough people together to run a course in Arizona to teach them how to use hypnotherapy with patients with dementia. And the people that attended mm-hmm. the course were people, a physician, a chiropractor, a social worker, um, a Roger Moore, who's um, a clinical hypnotherapist over in Seattle, which I think, you, I think you're familiar oh, with Roger. Right. And I've met Roger. Many, yeah. yeah, many people are familiar with Roger. He'd been trying to mm-hmm. go on my course for quite a few years, but he'd never been able to, to manage it. And he came out to Arizona to attend. So, you know, we, we had a good, a good turnout. And <laughs> on that training was, she is now the president of the um, Arizona Hypnosis Group. The, I can't, I'm trying to think of the name of the Arizona Hypnosis Society. Um, I'm a member of it, but I can't remember. No, I can't called. believe it. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, and she's called Kate, Kate Ellis who's now the president of that, right. that group. And she attended, you know Kate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she attended the course. So we got the president of that group to attend the course, which was great because they were the group four years ago that told me to bugger off. <laughs> and, <laughs> then the, yeah. <laughs> and then the second course that we ran in Arizona, I got the woman that runs the... Um, another group in Arizona, in, in Tempe, to attend. So um, so we started getting people. So I think we've got 20 people in Arizona that have trained to use hypnosis with patients with dementia from a physician right That's through right. to clinical hypnotherapists. Um, so it was difficult you know, in the um, U.S. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the U.K., um, we're more used to using these types of things. Um, if you have IBS in the UK, you would be referred mm-hmm. for hypnotherapy at Manchester General Hospital mm. because there's a, there was a specialist mm-hmm. service, a specialist unit to provide mm-hmm. therapy via hypnosis for IBS. So we, we, we are more, you know, we're more attuned to trying different approaches and techniques and stuff than the US. But I yeah, think so there's a change, it, there's a shift in U.S. thinking. I think people are becoming wise mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Well, we certainly do see uh, we do see a rise in people seeking out um, quote unquote alternative care, uh, which is uh, you know which is encouraging. I think uh, I just want to let people know too uh, if you're listening right now, if you'd like to call in, and uh, we've got uh, we've got a few more minutes left with uh, with Dr. Dan Nightingale. If you have questions, you can call into the show, the number is 619-924-0744. Again, that's 619-924-0744. Uh, let you know, too, that if you want to get a hold of uh, Dr. Nightingale, uh, there's a few ways of doing that. You can go over to his website, um, um, specialist.com and uh, he's got a great, uh, great talk right there on the, the front page there. Also, I wanted to address something that, uh, that was, I, I find interesting, and, and really as a, as a hypnotist, as someone who, who uses language, I, I liked that I had originally posted this as uh, hope for people, I, you know, something about living, or, um, suffering from dementia. 
And you very quickly corrected me and said it's people uh, that, that are living with dementia. Can you talk a little bit about that, about the difference there in the, in the wording? Absolutely, Jim, yeah. How that makes I'm, a difference? I'm glad, you, I'm glad you brought that up because it is really important. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. there's something in medicine called positive illusion. I don't know if you, you might mm-hmm. be familiar with that. And it's basically the way in which people accept a diagnosis. It's the way in which people, you know, we want to deliver a diagnosis to people and we want them to accept it in a positive way. And we've got to use positive language mm-hmm. to do that. And, you know, as a, I, was reading, I was reading something that's posted in my office yesterday. It's, it's on my wall. And it's from, from many, many years ago. It was an article that the newspaper in, in Newcastle, which is in the northeast of England, they'd done an article on my work and on me. And I was just reading it yesterday, and it just reminded me of that because it said, um, Dr. Dan brings dementia victims new hope. Mm. <laughs> and it was like, oh, it's, vic- <laughs> it's those words. It's victim, sufferer. Right. You know, they're not words that people want to hear because if, if I'm a victim or a sufferer, right. then I'm going to be a victim mm-hmm. and I'm going to suffer. And it's going to exacerbate my symptoms. And my dementia is going to progress mm-hmm. a lot quicker because I'm going to live up to that image. You know, it's like that full self-fulfilling right. prophecy. So saying is, to people yeah. and, and getting people to, to accept that they are living with dementia... And not only that, mm-hmm. but living well with dementia. You know, you can live well with mm-hmm. dementia. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah. language such as victims just has to be taken away. I mean, people who use it, and the press, the media, they love to use victims, mm-hmm. sufferers. They, they love it. And if you, if you look for, if you look at the um, commercials on TV that are promoting anti-dementia mm-hmm. drugs, they love to tell people that you're a sufferer. And it drives me mad. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with yeah. wandering. You know, they use the word wandering. Well, mm-hmm. people with dementia, they're not wandering. They don't wander. They walk with purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's because they know where they're going. And they know what their intention uh-huh. is. We don't, uh-huh. but they do. So right. it's our <laughs> responsibility to find yeah. out where they're going and what they're doing. And we walk with them mm-hmm. so that we have a purpose. So it's really about that, and it's about people, you know, having a, a, a positive impression. Because when I first came into dementia care, which was back in 1992 or three or something like that, it was a long, long time ago, um, it was all doom and gloom for people with dementia. There was, there was nothing. We mm-hmm. didn't have strategies. We didn't have interventions. We didn't have medications. We had, we had nothing. Whereas today, you know, you can live really well with dementia, just like, you know, we've done with, mm-hmm. with AIDS and HIV. Right. You mm-hmm. know, we can, we can manage the symptoms, and people can live perfectly normal lives now, whereas they, were just, they used to just die. There was nothing. We couldn't do anything for them. And, and this is the same with dementia. Yeah. And because there's over a hundred types of dementia, 
we have to look at each one and say, you know what, this is what we can do to help. This is what we can do to make your life better. This is what we can do to enhance your quality of life. Um, and this is what we can do to to give you some sense of empowerment and take back some responsibility and some uh, for, for your own life. Because, you know, the, the, something that, that they don't talk about is what fuels dementia, what fuels the symptoms. And, yeah, there's brain pathology involved and, and you know, there's organic stuff going on there. But the two main fuels are fear and anxiety. And it mm. makes sense, because imagine waking up every day in a right. different place. Yeah. yeah. Ah. It's and, torturous. I mean, really. Yeah. And, and waking up next to somebody who you've been married to for 40 years and not knowing who they are. Uh, and you live yeah. in this constant world of uncertainty and this constant world of fear. So if we can yeah. if we can tap into fear and anxiety and reduce those things, that frees these guys up to enjoy a better quality of life. And you know that that's the that's the crux of it all. Managing people's fear and anxiety. Um, and as you know, Jim, with with a lot of things and a lot of people that we see in, in clinic for hypnosis anxiety is is always there you know, absolutely always... and i gotta um we're actually uh, we've got a hard break coming up and we're actually uh we're at the end of the end of the line doc i'm gonna have to get you back oh. on again please um check the show notes for uh dr Dan's, um uh information and uh thanks a lot for listening take care everybody be well and be awesome sweet bye Thanks, Doc. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, that was quick. <laughs>